Hey, welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we talk about truths of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi, and I'm the pastor to young adults and personnel at First Baptist O'Fallon. And uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate it on your favorite podcast app and leave a review. It helps get the word out. And I am joined today with Bryson McGuire. Hey, and Bryson, I uh, didn't tell you I was going to say this, but Bryson is using his laptop right now, which I like when he does that. It makes me feel like he's trying. Uh, he came in here beforehand <laughs> with just his phone. And I don't know. When, when someone comes, like if you can imagine someone delivering a speech from their phone, you just feel like, are you, are, you giving, yeah, are you giving it your all, Bryson? And so I thought about printing out just a piece of paper going old school. Then I'd feel like you're really committed. I was in. I am. I am committed. I'm there. committed to this podcast, man. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. Um, all right. So we have been talking on this series about spiritual disciplines, and uh, we've talked about the Bible, prayer, fasting, evangelism, serving, um, and so encourage people if you hadn't heard those, go back and listen to those because really what we're trying to do is go through some of the basic tenets or mm-hmm. uh, not tenets necessarily practices of being a Christian and some of the things that. Uh, we need to do all the time, that all Christians need to be engaged in all the time. And so uh, you may say, yeah, yeah, I know I need to read the Bible or I need to pray, things like that. Uh, but the purpose of these is not just to guilt people. It's to say, hey, we're right there with you that we've had our struggles and our journeys. Um, and it, But then there's also some tips that we've picked up along the mm-hmm. way. And so we share those. And today we're continuing this series and we're talking about worship. And so we're going to jump right into it. And uh, we're going to start off with why. Why is worship important? What does the Bible say about Mm -hmm. it? Um, Things like that. So go ahead and start us off, Bryson. Why is it important? Yeah. What does the Bible say? So it's important in a lot of ways um, because worship is, is, sorry, let me just back that up. It's important for us to understand what worship is, because I do think if you've grown up in church or if you've been a Christian for a while, we tend to associate worship with just music. And worship is more than just the the music. It's 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 I mean really any activity that would bring glory to God. And so, um, very broadly speaking, worship matters because it's an act of surrender to God. These are are things where we are humbling ourselves and we're saying like not not about us, God, but it's about you. And and really, it's about taking our eyes and our focus and the attention off of us. And off of the situations and even struggles we have, and putting them on to God, and mm. I think the music part of this gets so attached because you're you're literally actively singing about God and His goodness and His right. glory, and so it's a little bit maybe feels easier for us to to do it in that way. I think maybe also because it kind of centers your heart mm-hmm. specifically, as opposed to other activities that may be more intellectual. Uh, worship and service feels more emotional. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but really, it can be done in a church service. It can be done in your car. You can worship God in your home. You can do you can worship God really anywhere you go. And that's kind of a really cool and beautiful thing about our faith. Um, but one thing I think is just really cool. I was um, reading just a little bit before the show notes in Isaiah uh, chapter 42, verse eight. And it says, um, it says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. And God is is speaking here and he's offering this word and he's saying, listen, no, no, I'm God. Like I love it. He says, that's my name. Like don't get confused. Don't, 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 don't associate God with something else. And he said, listen, I'm not going to share my glory. I'm not going to give my praise. He says to carved idols, 
Um, we could we could go as far maybe in our more modern day context that we live in today is just inanimate objects, um, our phone, um, our, our technology, money, uh, entertainment, uh, sports, all of these different things. Hobbies, and yeah. do what? Hobbies. Hobbies, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so these aren't bad things. I don't want in and of themselves. These things are not bad. But what he's saying is don't put these things above me. Because when we worship these things, I like to say it like this, we make these things our functional lowercase g gods. We have these things in our life that we put number one, and we need them in order because we worship them, and they become the thing we need in order to, to function. And when those things are taken away, when they're removed, or when they don't meet our expectations, we crumble. But the cool thing about God, capital G God, is that he never fails. He never, he, he's always faithful. He's never let us down. Um, he holds through to his promises. He's stable. He's steady. He's a solid rock and foundation, and he will never disappoint. And so when we put God at the, at the top, when we, he is how we function in life and all of these things just kind of overflow out of those things, um, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's for his glory, but it's going to help you as a, just as a Christian, as a believer, just even function a little bit better in life. Yeah, that's good. And so um, as we think about that idolatry and someone may push back against what you said, saying um, that we worship these other things sometimes and they may say, well, I don't like bow down and uh, give homage to my sports or, <laughs> or my sports team or sure. although people do raise hands and cheer. Um, Bro, people do some crazy <laughs> stuff at sporting events. I saw too. a guy at a, it was one of the playoff games that's going on at the time of this recording. And mm-hmm. it was like one degree or something. And this guy's out there with hardly any clothes yep. and he had his face painted grown yep. man. I'm like, Oh man, you're, you're serious about this. Yep. I like sports too. Chants, but, expressions, <laughs> songs. Yeah. It's, it's intense. But, but what I would go a step further and say, cause I'm fine if people get excited about things sure. in life, as Shame. you said, there's a lot of good things in life yep. that God created this world said is good. And so, Hey, have fun, be excited. Mm-hmm. But where we go wrong is when we center our heart on those things. Um, and so you could you mentioned finances like someone could center their security on finances mm-hmm. as opposed to God. They could say, um, man, if I just had this much income or this house or we're just um, debt free or which, again, is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm but all if, about that debt free life, bro. <laughs> that's a great thing. And it's biblical, but that's a whole other. That's true. <laughs> Romans 13. But if but if you make that your source of security, right, as opposed to God, then then you may have an idol. Totally um, true. So I did this. I tried to, I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but I tried to write my own definition. Oh. Um, I actually didn't look it up because I just wanted to kind of say, what do I think of? Uh, of course, yes, I've been to seminary and yeah. things, so I'm sure it is very much tempered by those things. You know, you've done enough of these. I've created my own definitions. <laughs> there needs to be like intro music and it's like, Obi's definition. Well, we need a segment. We do need saying. a segment. We in need the show. a segment. Jacob, uh, Jacob's our so. producer. Jacob, make it so. Make it happen. It. We need a segment. All right. Um. So anyway, my definition is this, centering your heart on God, honoring his attributes, recognizing his authority, posturing yourself beneath him. Mm, so centering your heart on God, right? Taking a moment where um, right now I'm just focused on God. Mm-hmm. And so we could see really quick the flip side of that is 
idolatry um, that if I'm centering my heart on something else, chasing a status, uh, um, I'm a young adult pastor. A lot of them are trying to get married, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I could just get this person to date me or whatever, um, or it's a job, a career thing, a house, a car, whatever, centering your heart on anything else is idolatry. Therefore, the flip side of that, worshiping God, I'm going to center my heart on him. And then we yeah. think, well, then what about him, right? Sometimes one of the most powerful things, I, I love some of the um, – old prophets, when you read some of them like Ezekiel or Daniel, there's segments where they go just into some of the most beautiful recognition of God's attributes. Mm. Like just pray through some of those sometimes. I think there's a good one in Daniel 9 that just pray through it sometime. Mm-hmm. And and it's just so powerful just to talk about the attributes of God yeah. and then recognizing your author- or his authority and posturing yourself beneath him. Um, so those four things together, I think, kind of hit the heart of worship. Um, so I also wanted to add this. John 4, 23 says this, uh, Jesus says, but an hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. So, and there's more to it, but I'll, I'll just stop there. Um, so in truth, uh, oftentimes people worship or think they're worshiping God, but they believe false things about God, right? Mm-hmm. They may even be appreciative of God um, working something out that really had nothing to do with him, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think of this a lot when people attribute something completely selfish to God, and I'm just thinking when I hear it, like I don't know, I don't know if God's hand was behind that. You, you aren't really a more godly person having received that. Mm. Um, and, and so when it says worship the Father in spirit and in truth, we have to. Worship God and recognize who He is, not yeah. who we want Him to be, mm. but who He is and who His Word says He is. And then the other one there, Spirit. Of course, a Christian has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and so we want to be Spirit um, indwelled and Spirit filled yeah. when we worship Him. But also, oftentimes in Scripture, Spirit is associated with holiness. Mm. And so, if I am worshiping or trying to worship, and I'm just my life is marred with sin right now, then I might find it harder to worship. In fact, several times in Scripture, it'll tell us to flee some sort of sin and follow after God and godliness. And so those two things are seen as opposites, or we can see in Scripture where it says, grieve not the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So something about worshiping in spirit also has to do with the holiness that we bring to it. This isn't saying if you're... you're, uh, you're in sin right now, not to worship God. That's not what I'm saying. Right. What I am saying is if you're in sin right now, get your life right with God, right. and you'll find worship a whole lot easier. Yeah. Um, so uh, I wanted to share one more passage, uh, James 1.27. It says, Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And so that last part, unstained from the world, again, talking about the holiness. But the part I wanted to focus on is, this word religion, a lot of oftentimes people will say um, religion, I don't like religion, things like that. That word is the Greek word threskia, which means an act of worship. So it's like religion is actually supposed to be worship carried out, like mm-hmm. putting work to it. And then the specific thing that's noted here is um, this is what worship or religion before God the Father is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Hmm. Right, So I'm reminded of Matthew 25 when Jesus is like, hey, if you've seen someone sick or hungry or whatever, whenever you do unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done unto me. And 
I'm reminded that really what God wants us to see is loving people and serving him, uh, making his name great, those types of things. And so when I, when I worship, yeah, in spirit and in truth, all those things, but also to act, to Mm -hmm. do things that point people to God, um, that maybe it's because I show generosity where someone else wouldn't, um, those types of ideas. And I, I specifically picked on things like that because I think we all know that in a worship service, of course you can worship. So I just wanted to give people some other ideas that it's not just a momentary act. It's a, it's a posture before God and Mm -hmm. it's a posture before God that's carried out in our intellect, our emotions, our actions, whether it be through holiness or if it's uh, because I'm going out into the world doing something that I might not ordinarily do if I weren't a Christian. No, it's good. All right. So let's talk about our journey now. Um, What has our worship journey been like? And I guess I'll start with this one. Um, And I I wanted to just talk real quick about... um, I tend to be an analytical type, right? Really? <laughs> you didn't know that. Didn't know that. So I'm not I'm not necessarily a super emotional person. And I think a lot of times worship is very much associated with emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So especially when you think of maybe worship styles that mm-hmm. are not as traditional, maybe a little more modern and expressive, things mm-hmm. like that. And so sometimes... Uh, analytical types, or maybe even you might even say more men than women. Probably, I don't have any stats to back that up, but that would be sure. my guess is that it can make people feel uncomfortable sometimes. Um, whereas me, and I'm just talking about my journey here, not what's sure. right or wrong. Um, when I read a passage, and this is different than I would think a lot of people who maybe, maybe even a lot of people who clicked on this and they're like, oh, worship, I want to hear about this. Most people probably aren't like, when I read the Bible, I feel closest to God, right? Hmm. I, I don't think. There may be someone out there like, yes, exactly. Yeah. But when I read a powerful passage, mm-hmm. I there is never a time I feel closer to God than when I'm just like, man, his word is all of a sudden just blowing me away that yeah. I'm like, wow, I feel God's presence here. And and it's just, it's strong, it's real. Um, and it's different from when I, I'm not saying I never feel that in a worship service or mm-hmm. something. Um, absolutely, I do. But for my personality type, I actually feel more often when I'm reading God's word. And so I, I just wanted to give a conclusion here. And the reason I wanted to say it this way is because the easy thing to say would be, oh, yeah, when I'm caught up in um, a worship service, I just feel carried away. Oh, of course, we all have those times. Sure. But I more often feel it and feel the Spirit's presence and feel just blown away or in awe of God or would even say my perspective and posture before him is proper Mm -hmm. um, when I'm studying his word. And so what I want to submit to people is that there's a variety of ways to worship. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself what makes you feel the closest to God, what makes you concentrate on him and his attributes and put you in a proper perspective before him. Well, do that. Do it a lot. Do it all the time because God created us – as creatures of variety, mm-hmm. right? We're right. not we're not all the same. Just be sure that when you do it, you worship him in, in spirit mm-hmm. and in truth. Right. Do you think that it's maybe not necessarily just that people don't so to your point about like the whole like the worship, like the music aspect, right? That you're saying that that's not really where you most maybe engage, but it's maybe you think it's like that there's also just different things that maybe stir up those emotions more easily because 
Um, cause you're going to feel emotion in something, mm-hmm. even, even to your point, like being uncomfortable in a sense, it's kind of an emotional response to the service, right. but maybe that there's just different aspects of what we do, um, personally and corporately that just stir up those emotions even more that maybe that they come out in that more expressive Absolutely. nature. And I guess we won't, we won't equate worship. It's not a direct parallel to emotion, but mm-hmm. that's kind of, I guess what we're kind of talking about is our journey when we feel yep. like we're worshiping the most. Yeah. So yes, I, I think, I think based on how God created us, I, th- I think this will answer your question. You can tell me if it doesn't. I'll let you know how, <laughs> how God created us. I think there's such distinctions in our humanity that there are different ways that God meets people and yeah. different ways that we find closeness to him. Yeah. So so that is oftentimes uh, accompanied mm-hmm. by emotion, mm-hmm. right? Because it's hard to feel like the creator of the universe is near yeah. <laughs> and not feel some sort of emotion. Sure. Uh, but I would say because of that, um, based on how he created us and the different types that he made us, that there's just moments that make us and activities that elicit more of a feeling of closeness to God. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, did that answer it or? Yeah, no, I think it's just I think it's good to just again, like you said, remind that it is more than just the music before the message yes. that people can encounter. And I like I I am more of a music guy. Like I like I just grew up in a more musical family. So like singing and just worship, like all that stuff. It was just. It was more ingrained into mm-hmm. like my family. So when you came to church and you sang, I just felt closer to God. Um, but I know several people who they thoroughly love the music, but they're not going to lift their hands. They're not going to do other things. That's mm-hmm. not where they feel most engaged, closest to God. I do think it's also a good reminder too, like that we should worship regardless of how we feel. And I think you've kind of said that already, mm-hmm. but right. just that again, just reaffirming because we are talking about our journey and feelings. Um, that worship is not just something that you can pick and choose. I feel like worshiping today or I don't feel like worshiping today. Right. Um, but, it, you know, I mean, there's there's been some Sunday mornings where I'll be honest, I come to church and I just don't feel like worshiping. I don't want to listen. I don't want to I don't want to sing. I don't want to do these things. But it, I don't just do the actions. I, I take some moments and I pray and say, OK, God, I'm going to do these, even though I don't feel it right now. But I, but because you're worthy of this, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do these. You'll intentionally focus on him. Exactly. Right. That That intentional focus. Yeah. That's why I guess it's also kind of dangerous to directly equate worship with feelings because we don't often feel like doing the right thing. And so, so Christianity would have us do the right thing, even if I don't feel like it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was just going to say it, but I do think that even just kind of from my journey, I do think that even like this, the, the the worship service though is important because I do think oh, yeah. it lays a bit of a foundation for how you will understand worship. So, for example, I grew up in a very fundamental independent Baptist church, and if you've never been a part of those, you're just not going to understand what I'm saying. But this was, I would almost say, an extreme formality of church, not just like the the hey, you know, this is a house of worship, a reverence. I mean, just almost almost that times 10. And, you know, you weren't really allowed in the doors if you didn't look your best and, you know, you didn't raise your hand in worship or anything. Like there was no, I would almost say like joy in it. It was like, I do this routinely. When the pastor preached, you sat there quietly, intensely listening. Um, It was oftentimes very deep teaching, which is nothing wrong with that, but it's just, um, but I just mean like to the point of like, Sometimes you're just like, you're trying to just, it's just a lot to process. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, at least for me as a child, it was. And then 
we switched churches for numerous reasons, which could be a whole other podcast episode. But um, but we came to this church, and it was so different. It was come as you are. It was people worshipped in a variety of ways. People raised their hands. Some people clapped. Um, I went to a crazy church. Some people walked up and down the aisles. Um, like there was, but there was not joy. just little kids going to the bathroom. No, no, like adults, <laughs> adults just going up and down the aisles, just clapping, rejoicing, praising God. There you go. Um, when the pastor preached, people responded. They said it was really uncomfortable when he would say something and people would go, Amen. And I was like, What are you doing? But they were engaging mm. in, a, in a means of they're paying attention, they're worshiping, and, and it keeps the brain active too. Oh, yeah. Um, the Which re- is funny because even though you and I are opposites in a lot of ways, uh, it, well, I guess we're opposites in this ways, but we're opposite of what people might think. Mm. I love crowd engagement yeah. to the point where I, for our young adult night, I ask questions mm-hmm. and get answers and things. I remember I watched when you filled in for me one time and you're like, hey, uh, if I ask a question, I'm not Obi. I don't want an answer. <laughs> it's rhetorical. <laughs> rhetorical. <laughs> but I love crowd engagement. Uh-huh. And it's more than just crowding. It's 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 it, the acknowledgement that there people are, are listening actively in agreement with what the word of God is, is, right. is, is yep. saying. And then, and that's um, good. I love you it. know, and then we would do a response time and people would go to the altar to pray. They would grab people and pray. They would worship. They would go for uh, counseling or, um, you know, things like that. And that really changed my understanding of worship. Mm. And what I began to realize was number one, worship is really in a lot of ways, the ex- that expressiveness that we were talking about, is just moving. And I don't mean like moving physically, but that your heart, like that God is doing something, like something's happening on the inside that's causing something on the outside. Um, and that you are engaging and responding with the word of God, with um, the message of the, of the word, um, the songs, and just all of these different things. And so for me, it's created more of that expressive nature inside of me where um, I'm not as afraid to engage in those different kinds of things. But I've also, it also was really taught me too, like you can do this throughout the week, you know, like that the church service was not the only place that was reserved for worship, that when you learn to engage with God in that, in that act of worship, it carries in throughout your week. Yep. And it looks different for different people. I understand not everyone is like, let me say amen in the worship service. Not everyone is let me lift my hands, those kinds of things. And I understand it will look different for every single person. So we're not we're not setting a standard that if you don't lift your hands, you're not worshiping. But but there should be, I think, some type of expression of worship that takes place. And if anything yeah. else, that expression can be that the corporate gathering pushes you to worship throughout the week. Yeah. And, and so that kind of ties back into the point I was trying to make with our first question um, that when we think of what pure religion or worship is, it's, it's acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like how you said it too, that it's a movement. Like there should be a movement within, yeah. if nothing else to take us down a notch and put God up a notch. Yeah. Well, and just even an act of obedience, mm-hmm. right? So that next step, I hear the song, I hear the the preacher, I hear the word, I hear whatever, I hear my life group teacher. How am I going to respond to that? And yep. so that's what I mean. So some people again, feel more comfortable with, the more immediate engagement, but there should produce engagement in you in some capacity. Mm. So. Yeah. I've actually talked to people about worship as a way to overcome sin. Mm. Um, specifically, uh, I counsel a lot of different people. And um, one of the conversations that people 
uh, are probably not surprised about that comes up is pornography. Yeah. And so I've encouraged some young men to just say, Hey, offer this up to God. Say, God, I'm, I'm going to abstain from this, even though my flesh doesn't want to. And I give it to you as an act of worship. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's completely foreign to what people might see worship as, but it's saying, I think so highly of you, I'm going to do something that is, it cries against my fleshly humanity. Yeah. To, yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I guess I would also say, um, with the, with the singing aspect, well, I kind of want to ask this. Okay. I wouldn't plan for this. I love, I love putting you on the spot. Yeah. What about the, maybe a worship or a music, um, service get you in more, the most state of worship? Do you have a, a thought on that? Yeah. So I actually, so I, uh, the corporate worship side of it. Mm -hmm. Most people might be surprised to know that I actually love hymns just as much as I love older songs. Mm -hmm. um, some there are hymns that, um, like if you know the "It Is Well" mm -hmm. hymn. Oh, I do. I love it. I if we if we sing it in a worship service, I'm probably gonna get choked up because it just gets me every time. Just thinking about the words in the song, but nothing is more deflating in a worship service to me then when you just feel like this atmosphere of people don't care. An atmosphere of deadness. Yeah. Man, I've been in worship services spiritual like Spiritual death. Yep. Like, seriously. And and so it, you you can push through that, right? I've worshiped in some settings because I've visited just churches before and um, not judging them, but I've just been like, all right, I'm, I just know because of how I'm going to express myself in worship, people are going to look at me and they're not going to like it. And that's okay. Um, cause I'm not here for them. I'm here to worship God. But mm. I think for me, that's what really stirs me up. It's not, um, like actually personally, I love like all the lights and things. Um, because, um, if you read revelation chapter four, just talks about, um, just this image of, of heaven and all these lights and these colors. And, you know, you think about like concerts and why people love them. Like, I mean, just secular concerts, it, it almost like, it feels like it speaks to some like desire in our hearts. So I don't mind like it's part of the reason why they uh, older churches have stained glass windows. Yeah, was to create right. that it, light. it creates that light yeah. and those things. This is just more modern context for it. And so I don't, I don't. It's not, but like for me, it's not the lights. It's not the aesthetics. It's not even how talented the person is leading. Although that definitely, that definitely <laughs> that helps a lot. Hurt. It doesn't hurt. And I love all those things. I love the light. Like I said, I love all those those aspects of worship personally. But if I could sit in a room that is just, I could sit in my living room. And if I had a few people and there's a heart of worship, mm, right? Yep. And um, I had a friend cool. who yep. during COVID, he could have more people like during the lockdowns and everything, he could have more people in his home than he could have in his church, which is just crazy. And uh, <laughs> just all the rules. And so he, he brought youth group to his house mm. and man, he lived in this like, you know, 800 square foot apartment and he didn't have any fancy furniture or anything like that. And he had a kid with a guitar and they passed out pieces of paper and he would, he just recorded some of his videos and you could just like, even through the video, you could just sense that they were worshiping. And it yep. was a great reminder to me of, I don't need anything more than just a true heart of worship. And so I'd say for me, that's what gets me. That's what really stirs up that's in my cool. heart is just, I'm going to bring it right. I'm going to like, that's my, like, I should own that that if none go with me, right. I still, I will follow if no one else is worshiping, I'm going to worship. 
but another man. good him reference. You Thank just, you. I you're just trying that. to prove to everybody you love him. I do love him. I really do. <laughs> um, but I think that. But but yeah, nothing can kill worship, in my opinion, for me more than just a dead room. So there may be someone listening who goes to a church like that, and they feel like, man, I need to find another church, and uh, because of my my service is just dead. What I would actually say is, uh, don't leave your church for that reason, mm-hmm. but try to instill a spirit of worship mm-hmm. and begin with you. Mm-hmm. Just begin with you now that you've heard this and maybe you've never thought about worship that way before. Maybe you've thought that if I listen to music or sing music, mm-hmm. then I've worshiped. Sure. And hopefully what you've heard is that, no, it's about your, your heart's posture mm-hmm. and the way you express um yourself before God and Mm -hmm. his position over you and his attributes and things like that. So you can do that even if you are the only one doing it. And so, but with that said, it helps. Oh yeah, it helps. But what I was going to say is I asked you that because I was thinking about, it's not like I don't worship during a worship service. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to think about what, what most brings out the worship spirit in me and, oh, did I not answer the question? No, you did. Oh, okay. I, you answered it for you. I was going to answer it for me. You, okay, cool. You did not no, answer the question for, for me, gotcha. nor should you, sir. No, that's uh, fair. <laughs> so, so if I'm in a worship service, and again, for me, the, the truth side is very important. Some people might get more uh, emotionally moved or spiritually moved when it's a song about something that they they relate to right mm-hmm. that it's like hey hey i've been through this and i've thought this okay that that's for them for me it's when i hear again like some sort of attribute of god that that either is based on scripture or resembles yeah. scripture and it, so it makes me think of scripture and yeah. and then the second thing is when i'm surrounded by people who are singing their heart out yeah then i'm just like Man, what a cool picture of heaven where there's just a bunch of people around singing praise to God. A bunch of us imperfect sinners. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guys like me, girls like me that are um, imperfect. We don't we don't uh, live everything perfectly. Mm -hmm. We don't do everything. But we love the Lord Mm -hmm. and we're thankful for his forgiveness. And we're sitting here praising him. There's just so much power in that when you feel like I'm not alone. Yes, you can worship alone. But when you're not alone and yeah. you hear a bunch of voices singing out, um, it's just a cool, yeah. cool thing. I would even just add, I kind of gave a little bit of permission to say it's okay if you're not the most outwardly expressive, like I'm going to lift my hands, say amen kind of a person. But I would just remind, if you can go to a sports game and cheer and go crazy, if you mm-hmm. can go to a concert and get really hype, why can't you do that in church? Mm-hmm. I'm just, I mean, I understand some churches, they're like, and that's fine. I'm not, I'm not debating that. But my point is, I do find it kind of interesting that we have in a lot of churches, as you because you mentioned men, right, and how mm-hmm. men. I do find it so fascinating that I know several men who you take them to a Kansas City Chiefs game, and they're going to Chiefs. Get, they're going to man. They're going to leave that arena with a like a, a raspy voice because they've been cheering for hours yelling and there is that kind of in again, fairness the chiefs have been up and down so it's like they they've been screaming because they're like what are you all doing and then okay, and that's fair but, but they're engaged <laughs> with what's happening uh-huh. and there 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 is that collective energy but then they go to church and they're like uh uh-uh. uh and i right. just i think and that's a maybe a whole other podcast episode we don't fully appreciate we don't understand we miss 
what worship actually is and we miss that act of surrender that selfless act of it and i think that's where we've fallen into maybe even as churches that's why a lot of people associate worship as entertainment and a lot of churches have moved now i'm talking about fbco i'm talking about just there are some churches hmm. that they will do a lot of very entertaining things and that's just not it that's not the that's not the goal but i would just almost push if you've been to some concert and you've gone crazy but you show up to church and you're just like standing there with your arms crossed like uh uh-uh, like i ain't gonna worship i would just ask you why i would just want to know why and i just want you to ask yourself that question yeah agreed um all right let's get to this last topic so now we're going to talk about practices some of the best practices or tips that have helped you motivated you or whatever you know where does a person start where can they go anything you want to say on that uh yeah so there's the whole what i just said and that's probably part of it but um say really, it again i wasn't listening no, no i'm, I'm just not kidding. saying go ahead. <laughs> just rewind go back 15 seconds um daily acts of surrender matter and if you are worshiping daily if you are putting your focus on god daily then it's going to make your Sunday corporate experience and corporate just means like just the gathering together of God's people. And so just the collective gathering of God's people, it's going to make that more meaningful and rich. So I would say daily worship matters. And I would say gathering together matters. Like I'm just gonna be real. If you've made it this far, congratulations. You're one of the few. Um, (laughs) but, but, but it's important for us to gather together. And I think we're at a point with this, you know, pandemic and just other things where we've seen the blessing of church online. I know that it's been helpful. There was all kinds of snow out east this past weekend. Um, and I knew several people that they weren't going to be able to go to church, but they were able to have church online. And so that was a great thing for them. I think that's awesome. It's a great tool. But we have to get past this point of just saying church online is a place to stay. Um, it's a place to start. And it's a place when you need it. So you could say it's a place to start. It's a situational place. My kid is at home throwing up and I'm not going to take them to church and I have to stay home, but I still want to engage in worship. That's awesome. It's a great tool, but that's not where we should stay. And I think we've made it okay for people to stay at home and online. And God's word is so clear that that is not the gathering of God's people together. Again, it's a great tool, a great starting point, great for situations. But gathering together matters. Your worship is not full and complete, in my opinion, when I believe scripture teaches, unless you're gathering together with others. It doesn't mean you have to have 10,000 people, but some sort of gathering together in person, I think, is necessary. Yeah, and specifically gathering together as part of a local body. The scripture is clear that yeah. people are to be members of a local body of believers, yeah. accountable to them, investing their gifts so we shouldn't see church as just a uh, commodity. Yeah. It's not something to be consumed. It's something to engage yeah. where, whereby which you receive blessing, but then also people receive blessing from you. Yep. And if, if for the rest of your life you go to church online, again, Bryson's right, there's times where you need to. And, and reasons. And, and reasons, reasons. yeah, because totally there may be a person who um, they are vulnerable mm-hmm. and until... The pandemic completely yeah. dies down. But even even that aside, there's other reasons. You know, mm-hmm. like I think about even like um, at my last church, there was a woman who she had cancer, and yep. it was not like she was like yeah. literally. They were like, "Don't go out in public unless you absolutely have to." And for her, she church online was the only way that yep. she could participate in her church. So there are even bigger reasons besides COVID. But right. yeah, I hear uh, your point. So so barring that, um, man, we're called to assemble together. Mm-hmm. We're called to 
not see church as a commodity to be consumed, yep. but a thing to be engaged in. And that requires receiving gifts of others, but also investing gifts of others. Mm-hmm. Um, so the I guess the tips or practical advice I would give is to have people find your preferred way of worship and be consistent, like just consistently do that. So if you're someone who you feel the closest to God through prayer, through song, through scripture, through service, whatever it is, consistently do that. Just do it all the time. And I'm not saying don't do the other ones. I'm right. saying wear that thing out, right? Yeah. If it makes you feel close to God, well, man, be close to God. Right. Do, it, do it all the time. But then I would also add to that, then stretch yourself. Mm-hmm. So don't just say, if you were me, say, well, I feel closest to God when I read a powerful passage of scripture. Therefore, that's the only thing I'm going to do. No, no, there's other forms of worship and I need to practice those and stretch myself. And yep. and there may be something like Bryson was talking about earlier, um, that maybe you have something that keeps you from being expressive in worship or um, singing around others, something, and it may be a source of pride mm-hmm. or something like that. And so the word that you used was surrender, right? If we're thinking right. about what what worship is and, and we're needing to surrender ourself to God and say, not what I want, but what you want. Well, what he may want is you to put your pride aside right. and do something that honors him and do something that focuses on him and mm-hmm. do something uncomfortable for him. And so what I would lastly say is just be intentional, especially when sin is at your door, temptation's at your door, intentionally follow after God. I mentioned earlier, there's several passages that talk about, you could just go to a Bible search engine and type in the word flee, mm-hmm. F-L-E-E, not F-L-E-A, F-L-E-E. Very important distinction. <laughs> type that in and uh, and then you'll see several of them that not only say flee from sin, but they say follow after mm-hmm. God. And so when sin is at your door, when there's times that um, you're feeling uniquely tempted, then follow after God, pursue him. And that that's a way to run away from sin, but you run towards something. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to add, Bryson? No, I think that's it for today's episode, man. Good talking to you. I appreciate you uh, bringing your uh, computer out. So I feel like you <laughs> cared about this thing. I'll bring it back next time. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, thank you all for listening to Faith in Real Life. Don't forget to subscribe and share with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And we'd really appreciate you rating this podcast on your favorite podcast app and leaving a review. It helps get the word out. And if you live in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, we'd love for you to stop by and visit one of our church services and a small group, which we call Life Group, in person or online. You can find out all the details about things happening in our church through social media and at fbcofallon.org. That's fbcofallon.org. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) 